Hello. Um, <laughs> sorry. For those of you who haven't um, met me before, I haven't met you. Yeah, my name is Elute. So I used to be part of, well, I still feel like I'm part of the church, but I'm like a visiting regular speaker. Um, so I live in Norwich, um, where I work in local government. Um, and uh, over the last year, I guess, uh, for people who have kind of, yeah, who've been around, who I've caught up with, um, I took a bit of a career break um, and I served in my church, did um, a lot of youth work and worked with people in their 20s and 30s. Um, and that was, yeah, that's been so amazing. And that's really, um, that's really shown me actually the direction that God wants me to go in my life, which isn't just about um, what I do professionally, but I think it's more about who I am as a person and who God's called me to be. Um, yeah, and that's been such a great journey. And I feel like I've taken that journey along with a lot of people in this room. Um, and I'm going to be moving back to Essex next month. Um, because I feel like, yeah, actually that's, yeah, kind of where God's called me to be. So yeah, hopefully you'll see me around more. Um, but the reason that I'm here today, and I'm not in Norwich, as I usually would be, um, is because, yeah, I'm here to speak on this bit of Romans 12 that you guys have been looking at. I feel like you guys are probably experts on it now, maybe at this point, um, more than me. But uh, today we're talking about encouragement. So um, encouragement and exhortation. Um, but I think in order to do that, uh, we need to actually kind of go back to basics. Um, we need to go back to the beginning of the verses that we're going to look at. So uh, I'm going to read it because reading the Bible is probably a good idea, generally, especially here. So I'm going to read Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. So if you have a Bible near you or around, um, then do look at it um, and pray quickly. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that you speak. Lord, I just really pray that you'd give us all, including me, ears to, to listen. Lord, ears to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. Right. Um, So, from verse 3, I will read Romans chapter 12. If you've got the Pew Bibles here, it's page 1139. And it says, Paul says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, um, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So I'm going to be focusing on verse 8. And the word there is, yeah, encourage. But in other versions, it's like exhort, it's like appeal. Um, And I'm going to come on to what that might mean later. But first of all, I think it's really important to start in the beginning. So to start by thinking about verse 3. Um, and when I, I, I read that phrase, um, if you've been reading the Bible for a while, certain phrases don't have that much of an impact on you because maybe you hear it all the time. Um, but when I went back to verse 3 and I read that again, um, Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. And I think, I mean, if I met Paul on Billericay High Street and he said to me, like, don't think of yourself more highly than you should, I think that's a bit, I don't know, to me it feels a bit rude. It's almost like, um, <laughs> often we'll say, like, obviously, like, you know, 
Think good of yourself, speak well of yourself. But Paul says, actually, well, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. Um, but what he tells us to do is uh, to think of ourselves with like sober judgment um, in accordance with yeah, the measure of faith that God has given to you. That, that's the way you should see yourself. Um, yesterday night, I was at um, an engagement party. Now, usually I would think, to be fair, if you get engaged, the party should be like the wedding. But maybe people like a lot of parties, so this person was throwing this party because they got engaged. Um, and when you go to a party and you don't know many people, obviously you always have to think about what you're going to say to them. Like, obviously they're going to ask you who you are. Your name is an easy start. But you've got to add a bit more to that. You've got to say maybe like where you're from, um, what you do for a living. Um, and that really made me think, actually, well, how do I... Yeah, how do I describe myself to other people like what are the key things if I meet somebody new what are the key things um, that I end up telling them so for just a minute I'd like to turn to the people next to you or around you um, and yeah and just think about what are those things if you meet somebody you've never met before um, what are the things that you say about yourself what are like the key ways that you would define yourself and then we'll come back and share so take a minute to do that with the people around you Okay, so, um, so if we come back together, and this isn't like school, so you don't have to put your hand up, um, <laughs> but, it, but it would be good to know what some of those things are, as we bring those conversations to a close, it would be yeah, really good to know what some of those things are, so, um, so yeah, feel free to shout, what, what are some of the ways that you define yourself, what are some of the key things that you'll say? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, okay, Nor- Norman said that he is a layabout, apparently. If you didn't know. Um, okay, so, so you, might, you might define yourself by your level of activity. <laughs> I think that's a nicer way of putting it. Okay, that's a good one. Um, so activity. So, yeah, so your profession, so your job. I'm going to write job because that's less letters. Um, and oh, you've been overruled, unfortunately, on that one. Apologise. Um, from this side, this side of the room. Hmm? Family, yeah. So, so we definitely define ourselves by uh, our family or our position in our family, whether we have children, um, whose child we are. That's a good one. Yeah, I'll go there. Um, maybe two more. There are two more. Hmm? Yeah, that's true. So your interests, what you like, if you like West Ham, if you don't like West Ham, <laughs> you might want to let people know. Um, and then maybe one more. If there is one more, doesn't there? Necessary. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So often, yeah, we'll share something. Yeah, we'll share something that's also kind of relevant to them. Maybe something that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we'll go with that one. So definitely, yeah, what might make somebody laugh. But also, yeah, um, oh, it's not quite right, motives. But what motive? Again, it's the space. Um, but yeah, but what motivates us? Okay, that's brilliant. So there are lots of different ways um, that I think, yeah, we could, um, think we could define ourselves. And it's not a bad thing, but I can definitely speaking for myself, I think often we define ourselves by the things that we have achieved. 
Um, we might define ourselves by the things that we've gained, um, as well as obviously the position that we might have in our family. Um, and, and I started to think, if I define myself by the things I've been given, um, that might be a bit weird. There are some people, hopefully no one in this room, who might tell you what car they drive is one of the first things. Hopefully you wouldn't do that. Um, but, if, but if I did think about that as a kind of defining factor, I'd have to say it was a Peugeot 206 that my dad helped me buy. Um, and, if I, and if I define myself by my phone, which actually no, I don't have in my pocket, it's quite good of me, um, I'd have to say that, well, my, it was a phone that my mum helped me to get. And when I started to think about that, if I define myself by my gifts, I kind of, I feel like, oh, I almost feel like a child. Like, yeah, I sound like a child, um, as opposed to, like, you know, an adult, or the way we think about adults being. Um, but, it, but we might put lots of labels in ourselves, and they're not, they're not bad, always, um, but ultimately, they're always kind of on the surface, aren't they? Actually, that's not, they're never who we truly are. Um, if I did have a tattoo, which I would never do, because couldn't face the pain. Um, <laughs> and I had one on my chest that said that I am a child of God. Like, that, would be, that would be indicative of my true identity. Like, not this kind of surface level stuff that actually does come and go, um, depending on what time of life you're in, depending on things that happen to you. All these other labels can, can be taken away. They're not permanent. They're not who we truly are. And when we think about um, what Paul is saying, just to begin... Um, before he talks about gifts, before he talks about what you do or what you should do, um, he says that, yeah, but we should think of at the end of verse 3, coming back, that uh, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Um, and all of this is by grace. So we're defined by a gift. We're defined by the gift of just being welcomed into God's family. Like, that's who we are. Um, and God's been speaking to me a lot about identity, actually, and the idea that, um, obviously I've got some more labels, that being a Christian isn't just another label that we add to all the other labels that we already have. Um, actually, that's the defining truth. Like, being God's child is who we truly are. And that should make a difference to the way we see ourselves and the way we see the life that God has called us to live. Reading this um, really brilliant book called Kingdom Values, uh, and it's got a, a whole chapter on identity. And in the little appendix bit, um, it has just a list of all the ways that we're described. So we're told that um, you are seated with Christ, you are God's workmanship, um, you are secure, you are a holy temple, you're a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, you're a disciple, um, you're chosen before the creation of the world in Christ. Um, you've, been give, you've been given God's glorious grace that you're forgiven, that you have a purpose. Um, and a lot of what the chapter is about is, is the fact that so many things can go wrong in our lives, in our relationships, when we don't start from that point, when we don't start from the, the foundation of knowing that we're God's children. And once Paul has made that point, he's told us that we're not defined by um, our achievements, um, our jobs or lack of jobs, actually, or even our kind of Christian CVs, you know, what we've done, how we serve, um, how we bless others. We're not defined by any of that. We're defined by being his children. Um, he goes on in verse 4 and 5 to talk about this body. So he says that, okay, you're, you're a child of God, but actually you're called to be with other children of God. Um, it says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, um, so in Christ we all form one body. 
So we're not alone in this journey of being God's children. We're all called to do this together. And then verse, um, verse 6, kind of the beginning um, of where he starts to talk about encouragement and using our gifts. He says that we have different gifts in accordance to the grace um, that's been given to us. And, and, and when I kind of thought about that, the, the idea that, um, that we're God's children and he's given us these gifts, um, I feel like I, I remember maybe at times when I was younger, actually as the offering basket would come round, maybe when I was younger and we'd be at church, um, somebody of my mum or my dad would give me like a pound or two to then put in. And it's kind of like, yeah, this is my offering, but obviously it's not really mine. I mean, someone literally just gave it to me for me to put in. I always thought, what's the point in that? Um, but, but I think that's almost a picture of the gifts that God has given us. They're not, yeah, we've not earned them. Um, they're not ours. We are his children and he's gifted us in order to be a blessing to other people. So we all have different gifts um, in accordance to the grace that he's given. And one of those gifts, and the gift that we're going to think about this morning, hello, is, uh, is the gift of encouragement, the gift of exhortation. Um, I'm going to use a Greek word because I feel like when people use the Greek words, they sound really intelligent. So <laughs> the word <laughs> that is in Greek is paralekeo. It's a good sounds nice. Um, and para is like alongside and the kaleo bit is to call. So it's like to call out from alongside somebody, from like quite close to them. Um, and when I was looking through the Bible, this word is used in lots of different ways, actually. Sometimes it's to comfort. So it's like the God of all comfort who comforts us in order to comfort other people. Sometimes, actually, it's the word that's used um, for when there's a beggar who's with Jesus. And the beggar says, like, like I'm appealing to you. Like, I'm calling out to you. I need your help. Sometimes it's, it's, it's in a bit more of a, using some tricky situations where someone needs to be told off. And actually you're saying to them, like, I'm, I'm appealing to you in Christ that, you know, you, you might want to change this thing in your life because I love you out of love. Um, I'm asking, I'm appealing. So it's, so it's, an, so it's an interesting word. Um, we could, I think it's good, it would be good for us to focus on that idea of encouragement and the idea of exhortation, because I think they're quite similar, kind of appealing to somebody, saying to someone, I, I love the way that you do that. Um, there are some, I was reading some of them, there are some star writers um, there in the corner, and I guess they're, they're all encouraged, they must be, as a, you would be as a child, um, to kind of see that my work is up there. Um, it's the school saying to them that actually we think highly of what you've done. Ideally, not just what you've done, who you are, um, and, yeah, think of the difference that would make to that child and think of the difference that encouragement has made to you. Um, not to call people out in, in particular. Um, I, I, I've loved just being a part of Billericay Baptist Church. I think it's made a big um, And the encouragement I've definitely got from Norman and Pauline has made such a big difference, I think, to my walk with God. Because, um, obviously, we're, we're all self-conscious, I think, in lots of different ways. But sometimes... Um, when you don't see something in yourself, a gift in yourself, uh, it, it's hard to actually walk in that gift. It's hard to um, move forward in it unless somebody comes alongside you and actually calls it out of you. If you think about the things that you do, things that you do well, there was probably somebody at some point who took the time to take you aside and say to you, you know, actually, you're really, you're really gifted at that. You should keep going. And that's how the body of Christ works. I think that's how we move forward. Um, and what Paul is saying is, if you have this gift, use it. Uh, all, of, all of verse 8 is 
there's almost not that much to say about it because it's so simple. Um, if it's in encouragement, so if you're gifted encouragement, encourage. It's, it's actually that simple. But, um, but often we don't, we don't encourage each other, do we? And when I was thinking about, um, when I was thinking about why, I was thinking about why we're so hesitant, it, it almost made me think about how I feel um, about using my horn in my car. Now, I don't know about you guys, some people just go wild. They'll just beep at anyone, anything. If they see their friend walking down the road, they'll beep their horn. If someone literally hasn't moved in front of them for about a second, they're going to, you know, they're straight on it. Um, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just very cautious, personally. Um, so, it, so I feel like it would have to be an extreme situation for me to use it. Because I feel like if I do, then everybody's going to look around and they're going to see and they're going to look at me in my car and they're going to think, what's he doing? It doesn't make any sense. And I think in the same way, we can be really, we can, for some reason, some strange reason, we can be reluctant to encourage other people. We can be reluctant to appeal to other people and say, actually, Christ wants you to be so much more in your life. I think, why is that? And I think it's almost like, yeah, we're stuck in traffic. There's someone in front of us. They have a green light. They should go. And our hand is just there, but we just don't, we don't press it. It's strange. I, I wonder why. And I think a lot of it comes down to us not remembering that we're not defined by the gifts that we have. First of all, foundationally, we're God's children. That's who we are. Um, We're part of his body. And we're gifted to be a blessing to other people. So if somebody receives that encouragement well or doesn't, if someone listens to us or doesn't, that's actually not that important. Actually, God has given us a gift. Um, If he's put an encouragement on your heart, you see something good in someone, He's basically saying, just use it. I hope this isn't too loud, but like, just, <laughs> like, just, just press it. Just use your horn. Actually, if, yeah, when I come here, I, I love the community that I see. I love the love that I see. And I should just say that more often. I think, Joan, the way that you, like, yeah, lead us in worship is brilliant. So it's like, why not? <laughs> just go for it. Um, and I think actually it's that simple. Sometimes we can overcomplicate it. We can overcomplicate using our gifts, being who God has called us to be. Um, but it's as simple as using your horn. It's as simple as using um, what God has given you to bless other people. So really what God wants us to do is he wants us to live in freedom. Um, he wants us to know that we're his children he wants us to know that we're loved, that we're called by him. He wants us to know we're part of his body. Um, and because of that fact, when he gives us um, a word of encouragement, uh, he calls us uh, to share it. So um, we're going to respond in, in worship now. Um, and I'd just like to pray over us, because I think it would be great to actually exercise that here. Like, this, is, this would be a great place to start. Um, so as we're, as we're singing the uh, next song that we will, Maybe just be yeah, praying about, actually, is there a word of encouragement that God has placed on your heart? Um, if you'd like to come up to the front and say it, that would be great. Um, if you could stand and just project your voice from where you are, then that's fine as well. But God, is, yeah, God, has, called us, um, God has called us as his children to encourage one another. Um, and that's a gift we should all walk in every day. So, Heavenly Father, um, I bless you for your word. I bless you for your truth. I bless you for the fact that you are good for the fact that we are your children, Lord, even when we don't feel like it. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement that you give to us, for the way that you speak to us. Lord, help us to act more like you. Lord, help us to encourage, Lord, to exhort one another.
to teach one another um, and to help each other to look more like your son, Jesus Christ. In your name. Amen. Amen.